Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency based in the UK. In this episode, I'm joined by Todd Tresseder, and we're talking about how Todd has used content and in particular some tools on his website to generate a huge number of links and to get some incredible ranking against some really, really high authority sites. And this has meant that Todd's bringing in over 200,000 uniques per month to his website. And he's managing the whole thing with a very, very small team. So this is definitely some actionable stuff which everybody can implement. And I think one of the most interesting things that comes through in talking to Todd is his absolute commitment to quality and to providing the best content anywhere on the internet for these topics. And his belief, and it's being proven, is that Google is going to reward that content with ranking, even if he's up against sites which have huge authority. So we talk through his process for identifying the sort of topics that he's going to talk about. We talk about how to create these really authoritative pillar pieces of content, which have been responsible for generating him a lot of links. And I think you'll find it really useful. There's also a second episode, which will come up next, uh, where we talk about the uh, the content audit plan that Todd went through to uh, to design the version of his site, which he has now. So if you find this episode interesting, then you'll definitely want to check out that other one as well. Also, if you uh, enjoy the episodes, then don't forget to head over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you found it and to leave us a review. And don't forget to check out Exposure Ninja on YouTube as we also publish the podcast over on there. And there's also some Ask Ninja videos as well, where I answer people's digital marketing questions. So just head over to YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. So, welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Tim. For those who don't know you and don't know Financial Mentor, perhaps you could give a kind of quick introduction as to what the business is about and who your target audience is. Yeah, so I came up through the hedge fund industry, which if you're not familiar with hedge funds in the United States, it's uh, skill-based investing. It's kind of the rocket science of investing a lot. You know, in my field, I was what's known as a quant. I was one of the early pioneers of mathematical risk management and market timing systems. So anyway, had a stellar track record. We sold the company, so I had a liquidity event plus what I'd saved. It made me financially independent at the ripe old age of 35, which was, as of now, 21 years ago. So... After a few years of being quote unquote retired, I realized that I didn't want the last great thing I ever did in my life to be a hedge fund. And my wife really got on me because I had developed all this knowledge about how to build wealth, you know, how to retire early, how to become financially independent. And it's very different from how it's commonly taught in the traditional financial advice space. What actually works is very different. And so you know, I used to just kind of blow people off because back then in the nineties, you know, people were always wanting hot stock tips and I just really didn't want to talk about it because people didn't even know what to ask. And I just avoided the conversation altogether. My wife got irritated with me one time and said, why don't you do something with it? And so that's when I started creating financial mentor. And I always gave myself permission. I would say, well, you know, because my stuff's really unconventional and, and all that, I mean, it's proven out, right. And it's all based on math and research and and it's totally legit, but it's it's not the standard stuff. And so I always give myself permission that if it got difficult, like if it was a lot of big public embarrassment or something that I would walk away. And in fact, the opposite has been true. It's been really positively received. 
you know, I get great feedback from people. And yeah, there's there's a few trolls out there, but it's, you know, it's kind of the 95-5 rule. 95% of people are really good and there's, you know, 3 to 5% that are idiots. And so, you know, you just have to build your life towards the the 95% that matter. Yeah, completely agree. So, Financial Mentor now is a coaching slash information product and membership business, right? Yeah. So it started out as a boutique coaching site, right? So I I just wanted to figure out if I could actually help normal people achieve unusual financial results. And so I did it through a coaching model where I would get on the phone every week with people. Because the idea is if your stuff sucks, you know it quick when you're a coach, right? Because it's not like some guy that has a best-selling book and goes up and, and pontificates his wisdom to the audience. Everybody applauds and he walks off and he has no idea if he helped or hurt anybody, right? Whereas with coaching, you're in the trenches with your, your clients every week. And so you get to figure out really fast what actually has a positive impact, what produces results, what doesn't. And so over the years, I mean, I've been coaching for, well, quite a few years now, not t- about 20 years, 18 years. My clients kind of showed me that there's a process to it over the years I developed working with them. And so that's what I'm packaging up now in products. So you can see it on the website, call it seven steps to seven figures. And each step is a specific course with a specific outcome that's required in order to achieve financial independence. And so basically I'm putting Todd in a box now. I'm trying to get what's inside my head based on my coaching experience and productize it. And so that's what's going on now with the site. In a nutshell, it was originally a boutique coaching site. You know, all the calculators and stuff you see up there were things I needed for my clients. So when I'm working with them, because basically becoming wealthy is about math. You know, there's a science to it. It's a repeatable science, but clients don't like math. And so that's when I added this huge collection of calculators. It's one of the largest financial calculator collections on the internet. I added it because it makes all the math turnkey easy. And I, I want to talk about the calculators in a bit more detail. And also the, the, the Todd in a box, I think, is a, is a great analogy. That's probably another episode. But um, <laughs> it's taking us through the... Well, I'm trying to scale it. I mean, you know this, right? You're dealing with entrepreneurs. I'm trying to scale the business. I mean, it, you know, like we'll talk about traffic and conversion and stuff here in a second, I'm sure. But you know, I got to a point, I have enough traffic coming to the site. I'm one of the top ranked terms for financial coach, money coach. These are, you know, dead on ring or what we call money terms for my business. And the site converts and I had the practice, I could have sold out four or five coaches, you know, and I, I kept raising the rates and it didn't slow the process down. And I never wanted to be a thousand dollar an hour coach. And so, cause I'm not, I wasn't trying to get rich off coaching. I was trying to prove out the goal was always product right? Because it's scalable and it delivers more value at a better price point. You know, that's where I was going with it. So I was just trying to prove everything out through the coaching. It was basically uh, revenue producing market research. Got it. Got it. And also the, uh, I guess, building that product and knowing that there's a market for it comes from having enough traffic and knowing that that traffic is consistently converting on, on what you're putting in front of it. So Take us through the traffic sources for the site at the moment. I'm assuming that organic traffic is a huge percentage of what you've got coming in. Yeah, it's my site's unusual. It's probably 80% plus of traffic. I haven't looked at the stats lately, but high percentage of the traffic is organic search. Maybe, I don't know if you're, if you're willing, but just to give people an idea of the, the, the scale of, of the number of people coming to the site or the number of conversions that you're getting for some of your free lead magnets. 
Well, it's about 210,000 a month of unique visitors. That's not page views or hits or anything else. It's those, those are unique visitors. That's people walking through the door. Ridiculous and awesome. Okay, so let's dig into that then. So content is, your site is packed full of unbelievably high quality content. This is not an accident, is it? You've run through a bit of a content audit process, haven't you, to, to get the site to this stage? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a content on it, but you know, I was long form content before it became hip. So, you know, we go back years now, gosh, not quite 10 years. What about seven, eight years? And you'll probably remember back then the rule of thumb was 300 to 500 word posts. And everybody yeah. was trying to get the long tail, right? On these short copy posts. And they were trying to do these uh, focus keywords, short copy posts. And that was like the rule. And people were cranking them out two, three a day kind of thing. And you know, I hated it. I looked at that and I said, I am so sick of these short form content posts. If I want to research a topic, I want somebody that took the time to deliver something valuable that completely covers the topic and nobody was doing it. And I thought, you know what? That's what I want. That's what I'm going to deliver. So I started writing long form content back in like, you know, early days. So eight years ago kind of thing when I started the site. And I was always known for writing long form, very detailed, well-researched, you know, analytical content. It took a while for the market to catch up to me, but basically, you know, it's well-documented now that long body content works. And when I talk long body, I've got posts up there that are 11,000 words, 8,000 words, 13,000 words, you know, I mean, we're talking ebook length stuff as a post. Were you ever tempted to split that up into smaller sections or did you know that you wanted to go for the the complete approach you know google's always been overt in stating that they want the highest quality content for any given search term it just took them a while to get good enough to figure out how to do it right so like in the early days they in order to figure out what was quality content they did a lot of the um the algorithm was built around a site authority you know so let's take my space you know i'm in the financial education space and personal finance and investing and retirement planning and all that. So we'll just use Fidelity as an example. There is almost no way I could beat Fidelity on almost any term. Like if you looked at almost every financial term, you had Investopedia, you had Wikipedia, you had Fidelity, you had government sites. I mean, there's no way to compete. And nowadays it's no longer true. The algorithms have gotten smarter and smarter and smarter, and they're able to detect quality at the article level. Now I'm not saying that site authority doesn't matter anymore, but they are able to find unicorns and unicorns being, you know, that rare one-off item that, you know, nobody expects to find. They can figure it out now and they've got a variety of ways of doing that. And so you can compete now. It's it's much better playing field than it used to be. Yeah. And it, it feels like the algorithm has just taken a fair amount of time to, to, to give the searcher what Google has always said it wants to, right? It's it's just taken a long time to figure out what the best possible result is. And we're starting to get there where if the best result comes from a lower authority site, it's still going to show the best result, even, you know, taking that authority into consideration. Well, yeah, because they can, they monitor user experience, right? They monitor how long people stay on the, on the page that they click on. They monitor the click-through rates. They monitor what people do once they're on the page. So they can tell quality just by what the users do statistically when they hit the page. So if you deliver an amazing experience, people respond accordingly and Google responds accordingly. So how did you, because you're in a market where there is so much that you could talk about, right? You, you know, it's, it's financial freedom. So there are so many kind of sub angles within that, hundreds, 
how did you identify which topics you wanted to choose for your really long form pieces? Well, some of it's common sense and some of it is just understanding what your unique position is in the market. And so the surprising thing about financial writing is most people that write financial stuff aren't financial experts. And so I was unusual in the sense that I actually came from the hedge fund space. I had developed true financial expertise. I mean, literally on eBay, I sold, I don't know, it was 1,000 to 2,000 books because I had so many books that I had read in personal finance and investing and retirement planning and all that stuff that I literally couldn't even tote them around anymore. They were piled up in boxes in my garage and I just had enough of it. So, you know, I came from, you know, being an actual financial expert and having developed my own approach to the thing. And that was kind of my unique proposition, if you will, my unique selling proposition. I didn't want any of the mundane stuff. So like you could think of my site as the next step for anybody that's been through the traditional financial advice. I offer the next step. So I have advanced investment strategy, advanced retirement planning strategy, advanced wealth building strategy. It's all next level stuff. And so because of that, you know, that makes sense for who I am also. I'm very analytical. And so I provide long form detailed analytical pieces. And so it all kind of fit together who I was, what my unique selling proposition was, how I like to write, et cetera, et cetera. So the result of that is I'm more of a niche site, right? Like I'm not the biggest player in the space. There's guys, you know, that get up to like a million page views a month, but I'm growing, right? But the result is I'm not, I'm not really uh, every man's cup of tea, but for my target market, I'm the only one out there. Did you do any keyword research around these topics or did you just? Oh yeah. No, 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 no. It always starts with keyword research. That's just smart SEO, right? Because you've got to know what terms people are using to look for and what the relative search volumes are. Now, the nice thing is the relative search volumes in terms are, rel- are stable over time. Um, so once you've done the keyword research, it's pretty stable over time. Yes, there's variance, but not in what we'll call evergreen terms like in retirement planning. So for example, retirement calculator is multiple times more in demand than retirement planning itself. That's just common sense when you think about it. Oh, and then how much money do I need to retire? That's more in demand than retirement planning itself. See, these things are important to know in your target market, right? So it's no secret that my book, the title of my book, which is one of my better sellers, is how much money do I need to retire? I knew that that was a strong keyword search term. That's super, super smart. And when you're writing the pieces, there are going to be people listening who say, yeah, I've I've got expertise in, in my area but maybe I'm not the strongest writer. So is this something that came naturally to you or did you need any help? Did you send it through an editor? What was your process there? No, it's, it doesn't come naturally, right? Writing is a process. I, I always say that this, this whole business is a love-hate relationship, right? I love the end product. I love the art form of creating it. And yet it's so painful to spend my life <laughs> in front of a keyboard. You know, I never, I never wanted to be married to my keyboard. Like that was never part of my game plan. It's just you know, it's part of the price you have to pay to create this stuff. The calculators. So on your site, you've got a huge number of, of calculators. They rank ridiculously well. I was just having a look. Your top 13 highest traffic keyword rankings are also your calculators. Where did the calculators come in your content plan? Was this something that you knew you wanted to do from the start? I stumbled into it. No way. <laughs> yeah, no. I t- what happened was I had, um, I because because I'm coaching people on how to build wealth, retire early, become financially independent, I needed a really good retirement calculator. And as far as I'm concerned, 
you know, and again, I'm biased, right? But I mean, I had gone through all the other retirement calculators out there and they were, none of them worked right. They all have different biases and different issues built into them that you can't adapt from. And I needed stuff that I could build plans with, with clients, right? I started with the ultimate, well, I call it <laughs> pretentiously the ultimate retirement calculator. And what I did was I got that thing developed the way I wanted it. And it turned out other people loved it too. And it started ranking it, got up to like the top. I don't know, it was on page one of Google and it even got into like the top five at one point. It, it then got docked down with some algorithm changes, but now it's back up to, I haven't checked lately, but it's either top of page two or bottom of page one in Google for that term, which is a ridiculously competitive term. I mean, all the top, if you look at who I'm surrounded by, it's all the top brands in the business, right? Because they all want retirement planning traffic because that's where all the money is in the asset management business. So anyway, I developed this thing just because I wanted it and I needed it to work a certain way. And I had no idea about the keyword, you know, the search volume for it or the value of the traffic. And so I built this thing up and people were loving it and people were using it. And it's all designed a very specific way, the way I wanted it to work. And then one day I'm looking and they claim that the search volume or the value of my search traffic was valued at like $50,000 or something. Like it was, you know, now it's even higher. I forget what it is now. It's like 300 and some odd thousand dollars a month is the value of my traffic if you actually had to pay for the clicks, right? I mean, it's just, it's insane because financial terms are very expensive. But then I'm looking at this going, what the heck? You know, like 50 grand a month. I had no idea what I was even doing, right? I just sort of stumbled into this thing because I just created something I wanted. And then, you know, like, how's this valued? And I had to search it out and figure out like, what were they valuing and why did they care? And and then I come across it. I go, oh, they like the track, the calculator. And I started looking and realizing that calculator traffic was actually really good for my business. Because if you think about it, if I'm at the advanced level, a lot of the people that are my target market are kind of do it yourself. Like they're willing to go get their hands dirty and figure things out. So they want online calculators. You know, they don't want just the financial advisor to go crunch it. They want to go figure it out themselves and get involved and, and all that. So I started going, wow, that's actually my target market. I just sort of stumbled into it. So then I said, well, I don't like the way most of the calculators are done at all because they're just, I like them simple, clean, and complete. You know, on one page, intuitive, easy to use. You know, so like all my calculators are done in JavaScript, so they're completely private. They, they run on your browser. They don't take you to somebody's server and store your information somewhere. You know, so I just had a vision of what I thought they should be, and now they do well. That's awesome. Um, on your calculator, and by the way, I just checked your traffic cost. Uh, you're at $278,000. It varies. One, one day you'll pull it up and it'll say three, 330 or 340 and another day it's 278. It, it bounces around. It's ridiculous. And I think it's testament to the, to the, the quality of the, the calculators. And that's per month. And that's not just calculator yeah. traffic. That's, that's, you know, that's content as well. Yeah, no, for sure. It's the, it tends to be the calculators which are on the pages, which uh, seems to be bringing in the most, most of your traffic. But importantly, I think one of the key things you've done on these calculator pages is it's not just the calculator, is it? It's, there's some really good long form copy on all of those pages too. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm going to take them to another level here. I've got a project coming up where we're going to completely work, rework all the calculators, the code. We're going to make them way more interactive with far more interesting output. And I'm going to turn each calculator into a subject resource page. So I'm going to actually feature 
subcontent underneath that you click through to and really just do a number on them and make them just crazy authoritative. So that's coming up as another revision coming up soon. That's ridiculous. I would not want to be competing against you right now. <laughs> another thing which I think is is really interesting, and I wanted to know if it's driven by the keyword research, but for example, the car loan calculators that you've got on the site, I think a lot of sites would just build the one, but you've actually built four on one page, uh, sorry, on separate pages. Is that because you saw separate search volumes for each of those, or you just wanted really distinct functionality on each of them? Both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more to add to it, right? It's, yeah, I yeah, know. I, I think it, what, it, what it was, Tim, is about building a complete set of financial calculators, right? See, here's this comes back into giving Google what they want. I've got a tightly themed site. It's called financialmentor.com. It's about finance and mentoring, right? So it's a financial education website with financial education resources, which includes calculators. So I don't have a, there's huge traffic for things like diet weight loss calculator. And I don't know what else. There's all these crazy calculators that have huge traffic volume. I don't have any of them, right? Every calculator on my site is tightly themed to the financial calculator theme, you know? And if you look at how all the URLs are done, how, how all, they're all cross-linked, there's a, there's a specific strategy to deliver a great user experience, which over time Google detects. And you just heard me say what my next version of it's going to be. What yeah. I'm doing is I'm trying to improve the authority as well as the user experience. The idea is that when somebody wants a car loan calculator, they land on the car loan calculator and they have a complete suite of tools. They have a complete experience on that page of everything they need based on the term they were using to arrive. You know, same thing, like if you go to my ultimate retirement calculator, which is probably more relevant to my business, you know, I'm going to have videos that you can watch. Those will naturally upsell to courses I offer, as well as it'll offer my book. It will offer multiple free articles. I've got a whole theme section of free articles on how much money do I need to retire. So I'll have like a, a list of articles as well as the actual body content. So it'll be like this whole landing page user experience all tightly themed, regardless of which page you land on. One of the things that people struggle with, which I want to um, get your opinion on, is is where to draw the line between free and paid, right? So I think a lot of people building up the resources that you've built up would probably have put some of this stuff, maybe some of the more advanced calculators behind at least an email capture gate, if not a payment gate. How did you decide to give it away free? And then how do you decide what you're going to charge for? Well, there's email capture on it. It's just not aggressive. So I don't have pop-ups or anything like that. What I do is I offer people like, I don't know what calculator you're on, but if you go to the, on the ultimate retirement one, okay. In the retirement, go to grab the millionaire calculator right now. Cause it's only like three or four fields to fill out and you can do it on the fly while we're talking and yeah. watch what happens when you hit the calculate button, watch what appears right below it. And what, you, what you'll see, I'll just talk while you're doing it so you can see it. What happens is as soon as you hit calculate, so you, you're never asked to opt in before you have an experience of it. And then once you use the calculator, then it offers you something of value. It says, hey, if you'd like us to send a screen print of this entire calculator and the results you produced, leave us your email and we'll send it to you. Yeah, uh, it's so elegant. And so what it's doing is we're offering something of value in exchange for the email address, right? And I'm going to go even a step further on the next version because we're going to have 
you know, like pretty pie charts and bar charts and tables and things like that. And then it, what it'll do is it'll ship you the whole thing, right? Got it. And now it's something really, really valuable. It's the same thing on like the podcast, right? On the podcasts, I offer a PDF transcript for an opt-in or like on my long form content. One of the advantages of having a 12,000 word post is nobody wants to read it online. And so they'll bookmark it. They'll do all these things that adds value to SEO. Sometimes they'll spend 10, 20 minutes online reading it. Also, what they'll do is they'll opt in and get it shipped to them as a PDF so they can read it in their leisure. You know, it's a PDF that prints without ads or weird formatting or anything like that. And so that's another opt-in incentive is get a PDF of this, of this article for your reference. I like it. It's you're giving people you're giving people an experience on the site free with absolutely no opt-in, and then giving them a, a an upgraded experience still free in return for the opt-in. I think that's quite that's quite contradictory to the kind of conventional wisdom, I guess, which is you try and immediately sell them onto something which captures their their lead, but in order for them to be able to do anything, right? All I know, all I know, to my my target market's really smart and they're super savvy. Right. And so I, I just look at what I like and I can't stand hitting a site with a bunch of interstitials and interruptions and demands on me. I mean, if I get hit more than once, I'll just leave. And, and cause I just, I won't put up with it anymore. And I think more and more people are heading that way. And so I actually tested on my site. You'll find this interesting. I tested. So I got my opt-in percentage up to about, I, once I got all these things in place, all these incentives, I got my opt-in percentage up to like 2.1, 2.2% of unique visitors were opting in, which is considered pretty strong. You know, I was talking with Noah Kagan over at Sumo, AppSumo, Sumo Me, and he was saying, once you hit 2%, you've done what you can do, right? Now it's down to about one and a half now. It's, it's trailed off a bit over time. You know, the market gets more competitive. I'm going to have to improve my incentives. But it's still running pretty strong, about one half percent of unique visitors. And I tested interruptive opt-ins. So I tested like pop-ups and some of the other things that people use. And it was amazing. My opt-in percentage dropped by 0.2% and my visitor experience stats fell through the floor. So time on site dropped, pages per visit dropped, all kind every stat showing user quality or site quality dropped at the same time that my opt-in dropped. So the lesson I got out of that is once you actually provide really strong opt-in bait, if you destroy your user experience through interruption, you actually hurt everybody. You hurt yourself because see, Google monitors those user stats. And so that would only ding my traffic, right? Because if, I, if I'm providing a worse user experience, they'll detect it in the numbers. My ranking will drop, my traffic will drop. And then how, how do you decide what to charge for? Because obviously you're giving away a huge amount free. So where do you draw the line in your head? Uh, courses and books. So if you look, I have several books. So these books are solutions to specific problems in the journey. And then the seven steps to seven figures are the courses. And so like I built out step three, how to design your wealth plan, which is totally different than how financial planning approaches it, of course. You should probably have that theme by now, right? Um, yeah. So it's a it's a complete course, and I'm just this is not a pitch. I'm just crazy excited by the results it's producing because you know it's still in beta form. I'm I'm through module five, building it out right now. It's going to have eight modules. I've got 140 to 150 people in there, 
And it's unbelievable the results it's producing. Like, I mean, you're probably familiar with these stats, but according to, I think it was Seth Godin, there's like an eight to 12% completion rate of most courses online. Mm-hmm. I'm running an excess of 80% completion rate right now. Wow. Yeah. It's just, I, I always, I, I took me forever to build out a course, Tim, because I always was fearful that I couldn't replicate the coaching experience in a course. And in fact, the opposite has occurred. Like the course is producing better results and providing better experience than my coaching did, I hate to admit. <laughs> and so it's just wonderful because they get it cheap too. I mean, they get it for one fixed price rather than, you know, a whole bunch of coaching calls to produce the same thing. It, it feels like the thing that you're really good at, and well, amongst other things, but that, that, that has driven the, the site so far and, and maybe even the business so far is, is your focus on user experience. It's almost like you've You've done SEO through user experience. Oh, absolutely. Well, site quality is the new SEO. Mm. Okay, that's a tweetable. You can go ahead and tweet that. Quality quality is the new SEO. And don't kid yourself, there's no substitute for it. Every decision, you can hear it through this conversation, every decision is filtered through quality experience, right? Like the sales that are coming into the course right now are from existing people inside referring their family and friends. I haven't even finished building the darn thing out and existing users are bringing in their children, their friends, their coworkers. That's what's driving sales in the course right now. Cause I have no marketing funnel for it. It's just a stupid sales page and it converts. So it's, it's about quality people. The internet's a small world, man. You know, if you do, if you put out junk, people are going to know it. I got this on Amazon. I really learned this well on Amazon when I published the books, you know, I have five books up there and they're good. Four of them are good. They're very good. They deliver on the promise. No, there's nothing slouch in there. But the fifth one, the how much money do I need to retire? I really gave it everything. And that book is great and it's doing great. And that was where I really got it, you know, because the reviewers are ruthless on Amazon. Right? <laughs> I mean, even a great book gets crazy stupid reviews. That's where I got this 95-5 rule, right? Like, 90, 90% plus of my reviews are all four and five star. And yet there's this contingent of people, they'll go, one star, there's a typo on page 42, you know? Oh. Well, wait, no, it's not a typo. You're in Britain, you spell it differently, <laughs> right? It, it's like, it's just these things, you know, that people do the craziest stuff. My, my dog barfed on the book. Here you get a one star. I got one, uh, one for one of my books, a one star review from someone who said, I bought this book by accident. I don't understand the subject matter. One star. I was like, yeah. dude, you're reviewing your own stupidity. Not well, not only that, you know, this is my baby. I didn't yes. I didn't just throw this thing out, right? I spent months laboring over it, researching yeah. it, editing it. Then I took it past peer review. Then I took it through editors. I mean, it's a tightly written book that went through so much work to make it, you know, give a great user experience. This is my child. I gave birth to it. And you're going to come along with an El Marco and put a mustache on its face. (laughs) You know, like have some respect. I, you know, if you legitimately have criticism and it's legitimate criticism, then cool. I mean, a legitimate critical review that's intelligently written from somebody who actually read the book and is interested in the subject. I'll respect that. But that's not what most of those reviews are. Most of them are just nutheads. That's true. That's true. I want to ask about how you position yourself and how you get yourself out into the rest of the market. So you've been featured in all of the 
high authority publications that we would expect to see someone who is an expert in, in this market. So for example, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily. How did you do this? What's your process? And is this something that you're consistently pushing? Well, I am consistently working it, not, not as well as I used to. Where a lot of the media coverage came from is I was doing a bunch of research pieces in the retirement planning space. And these major publications were picking up on them going, whoa, what's this? Like I actually had a professor from a major university who runs a peer-reviewed journal asked to publish one of my articles in their peer-reviewed journal. And he said, it's the, he actually, he, he, I got on the phone with him and he said, who are you? Like, how did you learn this stuff? He said, I have never seen this outside of the academic space. Nice compliment, right? And, and then, he, you know, he went on, he published it in the peer-reviewed journal. It's great, right? Because like, there's like five articles in this thing and it's oh. all, they have like this list of acronyms after their name, right? So like this long list of PhD and ML, I don't even know all the acronyms, right? <laughs> and it extends across the page and it says, Todd Tresseter, financial coach, <laughs> right? And, but anyway, so I was publishing this stuff and then some major media started picking up on it. And once one does, then, then they cross pollinate a lot. And then once you get the major media coverage and you've been vetted, then you become authoritative and then others will use you for pieces as well. They'll, so I get across now, across of my own promotion, as well as people, you know, writers and stuff have found me enough and my content's authoritative enough that they call me as an authority and say, hey, can I quote you on a piece or I need an interview on this piece, can I interview you? And so that's, that's where a lot of it comes from now. So the expertise that you have has obviously led to those callbacks or email backs. Well, and also, and also an unconventional viewpoint. In other words, they can get the conventional viewpoint from every financial planner out there. I'm big on this idea of taking people to a second level of knowledge. And the conventional viewpoint is usually what I'll call the first level of knowledge. There's a second level that's a bit more complex, more nuanced, a bit more dynamic, but the beauty of it is it actually works. And so I'm real big on that. And so being able to soundbite that and get it into an interview gets you media coverage. And are you seeking to contradict the common knowledge or just give a little bit more context or show people it in a different light? Well, the contradiction is good for page views, if you will, um, but that's not the goal. The goal is to deliver value. Um, as always, it's always about quality. There's no point in being contradictory for the sake of being contradictory. There's a sake for being contradictory if the other knowledge you provide is more valuable and more accurate. How, how do you build the relationships with these publications? Is it about being timely and obviously giving a, a quality answer? Have you got any tips for people who maybe they have the angle right, but they're not sure how to go about building these relationships in the first place? You know, I don't have great secrets. There's, I don't think there is a great secret. All this stuff has been published before. It's everything you just said and more. You know, you've got to be able to deliver. You know, you've got to be timely. You've got to be there when they need the help. You've got to be great to work with, right? If they... You know, like I just had a piece the other day, a reporter wrote me and said, hey, I know I'm under a deadline. This is last minute. I need a few quotes to flesh out this article. Can I turn to you? And ma'am, I just stopped everything I was doing, sent her the quotes. And she wrote back and said, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You know, so that kind of stuff. Now I'm, you know, she knows she can turn to me on a deadline. Uh, and, and that's priceless, isn't it? Because they're always under pressure with deadlines. If they know that they can come to you with just any old inquiry and you'll give them something that's 
complete and you'll give them an angle and you understand what they're looking for. Yeah. Or I'll tell them I don't have the expertise and this is the person you should turn to. Yeah. So even when you can't help them, you're still adding value and you're rewarding them for coming to you first, I guess. Yeah. And again, just be honest. You know, I mean, everybody, it's all people, right? They can tell, you know, it's not their first rodeo, right? They deal with experts all the time and supposed experts. So just, just be transparent, be honest, be helpful. Todd, I could, I could keep you here all day and, uh, and quiz you until the cows come home. This has been fantastic. Where can people find out more about you and about Financial Mentor? Well, it's financialmentor.com. So two words, financial mentor, strung together as one word, financialmentor.com. And on there, I offer a couple opt-in incentives. Hey, what a coincidence, right? So anybody wants to kind of learn more about what's going on, I give away a free ebook called 18 Essential Lessons from a Self-Made Millionaire. And it doesn't cover the topics we did here because it's all about how to become financially independent, wealth building. And then also there's 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom, which is a e-course that I give away. I know you won't get rich quick, but what it does is it gives you the framework of the seven steps to seven figures. It goes through the whole structure and explains how the pieces fit together so that you have kind of the outline or the framework and you can see what points you're strong and what points you're weak in. And again, all this stuff's free. It's just relationship building so you can decide if the message fits for you or not. And I strongly encourage everyone to, to check it out. Whether or not you're interested in the subject matter, you need to see what Todd is doing. So set aside an hour, go and have a look at his website, build up his time on page. It's, it's a really, really good example of, of how to market an expert. Thank you very much for joining us, Todd. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Tim. 